Hey y'all, it has been, um, I guess two or three weeks since I have, um, like just chatted with y'all. I took last week off. It was much needed. Um, it was much needed. I had been doing a lot of moving around. I finally was able to take a vacation that was much needed. I'll talk to y'all a little bit about that. Um, and then I was preparing to come out to Oregon to start the move, to officially start the move out here. And I just needed the week. Um, and it was good. It was good, although I am still tired. Um, so anyway, so there's still a lot of things in the works for season two, which is why I didn't just go ahead and end season two and take a bit of a sabbatical. Um, there's still some things that in store for this season that I'm not ready to, to end the season just yet. Um, but I did want to come back today and kind of catch up a little bit and then we'll kind of kick, you know, the rest of season two off. There are probably two or three more episodes that I want to share with y'all, um, this season before we take a little bit of a break. Um, so I took a vacation. I went down to Florida and I guess some of y'all are probably like, who cares? But the part that I want to share with y'all about that um, is like, take vacations. Um, this vacation for me was an old person's vacation. So like, I went down to Florida with the intention of, of spending some time in Miami, um, actually stayed in Pompano Beach instead, and like, did nothing. I mean, slept, ate, laid on the beach, took midday naps. I mean, it was probably the most relaxing vacation that I have had in a very, very long time. The only other one I can remember that was that relaxing was when I went to, I think, the Bahamas with my cousin Quay. Um, and we did nothing. We laid on it. We did exactly what I just said. We ate. We ate whenever we got ready. We laid on the beach. We got massages. Um, we, you know, came back and we were so rested. And I think so often we go on vacation and you plan all of these things to do. And I'm guilty, right? So you plan excursions and shopping trips and you go into the club and you partying and you get back <clears throat> and you need a vacation from the vacation because at no point did you take time to actually rest your body. And so this vacation for me was just that. Like I didn't do anything. Um, you know, we kept saying a couple times a day, we'd be like, you think we want to go over to Miami? Um, especially because there's this really dope dinner spot that we love. Um, but we would kind of encourage each other to be like, nah, nah, maybe tomorrow. Um, we did go snorkeling on before we came back and I almost died. Um, I tell y'all, probably have told y'all multiple times before that I love the beach. And I do love the beach. It is my absolute favorite place of all time. Um, I would, if I had enough money to live like in one of those super expensive houses that you see on TV, the Yo MTV rap cribs or whatever, um, I would absolutely live on the water, you know, with, with huge windows that my bed faced the water with no blinds. Um, that would be like my my dream home. So I love the water. But I, I also have a really healthy respect for the ocean. So like I don't swim in the ocean. Um, I don't go in the ocean past the point that I could just walk out, right? 
Um, when I was younger, I had a cousin who was a really strong swimmer to die in the ocean. I think that that definitely left a mark. Um, so I don't really fool with the ocean. Like I love it. I love the ocean sounds. I love to get my feet wet, literally. Um, but I don't really fool with the ocean. So to give y'all a, a short story, um, I went to the Bahamas. I've been to the Bahamas more times than I can count. Um, and I went to the Bahamas on, did we go on a cruise? I feel like um, my friend Micah and I went on a cruise to the Bahamas um, for her birthday one year. Anyway, she is a water baby, right? So she wanted to go snorkeling. So we go snorkeling. We are out on this big boat with nets. It's it's amazing, right? They give us these life vests. Um, when it's time to get in the water, I have a small panic attack. But I make the snorkeling God assure me that he will not let me drown and die. And so he does not, right? So water's beautiful. It's clear. We get out in the in the water. Um, once I kind of calm from my panic attack, I'm able to actually snorkel. Do some snorkeling, get back on the boat, let the other people finish snorkeling. I'm fine laying out on the netted water, on the netted boat, just enjoying the sun. And I could just look through the net and see the fish because the water's clear and that is like my type of party, right? So I'm like, hey, I think we should go snorkeling. Like, I think it would be fun. Um, so we go, first of all, it is a storm coming, um, which probably should have been the first red flag, but I'm like, we're going with people that know how to do this. So I don't know, like, it's cool, we can go snorkeling. So we get out there, it's starting to rain. Um, as we, we get on the boat and it's not one of these big boats with a net on the back, right? So there is no laying out. Um, it's like a, a large pontoon boat or a fishing boat. I don't know. And we are going with other people who are divers. And so there are, um, there's us and there's another family. And so it's a man and his wife and their two daughters who I think are 15 and 16 or 14 and 15 or something like that. And then a bunch of uh, scuba divers. So they take us out in the water. Um, first of all, the water off of Fort Lauderdale is not clear. It's not the Bahamas. It's very blue. It's gorgeous, but it's not clear. Um, as we get out into the water, so they, they give us two stops, right? They're, well, they're really giving the scuba divers two different places to dive. So they give us two stops. So we get out to the first stop and the guy is like talking and he's like, um, you know, telling us how you're going to get off the boat. They give you fins. And of course, you've got the, the snorkeling gear and he's telling us how we're going to get off the boat. And on the top of the boat, like on the ceiling of the boat are life vests. And so I'm like, I raise my hand. His name's James. James, super cool. I raise my hand. And I'm like, so when are you going to give us life vests? And he's like, oh, you don't you don't get life vests. And I'm like, what? And he's like, well, you have fins. He's like, I can give you a pool noodle. I'm like, the hell is a pool noodle going to do for me in the middle of the ocean? Like, what? And so he's like, I'm like, but there are life vests on the top of the boat. And he's like, well, those are for like if the boat capsizes. He says, and those life vests are designed to keep you on your back. So even if I gave you that life vest, you would spend your time in the water like literally spinning over the entire time, right? Trying to stay on your stomach so you could snorkel. So I'm already in panic mode. I'm already like, well, I'm going to die. Like, how am I going to get in this ocean with a pool noodle, you fool? This ain't no pool. 
But, you know, there are girls on the boat that are younger than me and they're excited and whatever. So everybody gets in the water. And so the first um, piece of direction that they give is to go to the edge of the boat where the ladder is. And you just take one like giant step and basically just like drop into the water. And I'm like, yeah, so that's not going to work for you, girl. Right. I'm not going to be able to take one giant step and drop into the water. So you have to give me a different piece of direction. Can y'all lower me down? Like, is there a chair or something? Um, There is not. (laughs) There is not a chair. Um, So they're like, no, you can like scoot off the ladder. You just sit on your butt and scoot into the water. Cool. So I do that. I have um, the biggest panic attack getting into the water. Um, But once I kind of breathe and I'm like, all right, you're not going to die. All these people around you are not going to let you die. I'm able to... Um, relax a little, uh, relax enough not to drown, right? Still not enough to snorkel. So I'm in the water and all the snorkeling gear, but I am not snorkeling. I've not put my face in the water. Um, I am literally just bobbing in the water. Um, and so I'm bobbing up and down in the water. Um, and I am like panicking on the inside because I and they keep saying, just relax, let the water take you. I'm like, take me where? Like, I don't understand. Where is it you want me to let the water take me? So, y'all, they give me this pool noodle. Right. But it is the babiest pool noodle ever. Like that would have been an Isaiah pool noodle. And they're like, do you want to? And I'm like, what? The, this is a disaster. This is absolutely a disaster. So in the course of me bobbing and trying to like not die, I think I swallow salt water and they have told us like don't swallow the water it'll make you sick and so I'm not like drinking the water intentionally but I'm trying to not die so I am floating and my you know I'm kicking my feet like a fish and I'm like lord have mercy just don't let me die like this out here in the water nobody's even gonna know so I stay in the water for a little bit I finally calm myself enough to put my face in the water y'all don't even see no fish it ain't even no fish where I'm at. And so he has been like throwing crackers in the water. And he's like, you want me to throw a cracker near you? And all I can think is that he's going to throw a cracker. And like a great white is going to desi- decide in that moment that he is hungry and eat the cracker and me. And I, I was like, nah, keep the crackers over there with the other people. Needless to say, um, I fought for as long as I could, probably 20 minutes. Like it was a good 20 minute bobble kick your feet situation. And I was like, yo, let me just get back on the boat. I'm tired. So I get back on the boat. Um, I guess I had swallowed enough salt water um, that it made me sick. And so I get on the boat. I'm like laying down um, on the front of the boat and, you know, in the sun or whatever to dry. And my stomach is turning. And so my absolute glorious moment of my snorkeling trip was me standing on the back of the boat, earling into the water, <laughs> earling into the water as the kids in the water like cheered me on. So that was my snorkel experience from my vacation. Um, I was fine. Like they were like, you definitely swallowed salt water. Um, and it was probably the combination of like drinking the night before and the salt water and the anxiety from thinking I was going to die. So outside of my extremely, um, extremely 
you know, near death snorkeling experience. Oh, oh, and let me not forget. So they called all the people back to the boat. The scuba divers came back. They went to the second stop. At this point, the storm is here, right? And so the waves are high and people are going back in the water. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going. So the dad of the other family, they all go back in the water and the dad of the other family gets in the water and he is having as hard of a time as I was. Um, Well, no, no, that's not true. Nobody had as hard of a time as I did, but he gets back in the water and he's swimming and stuff. He's doing fine. He must have swallowed water too because he gets back on the boat and he is like, that is it. I mean, he is throwing up for the rest of the trip. And luckily I was able to get it together. He was not. He was like, I'm done for the day. It's a wrap. I'm not, I'm, it's over. Um, and he stayed laid down for the remaining, remaining boat ride. Um, and then, like I said, the, the storm came. So, you know, the boat was rocking. Oh, it was a disaster. But it was an experience. I didn't die. I'm here to tell y'all about it. Um, I will probably never go snorkeling again. Or I will absolutely be asking um, if they provide life vests before I make the reservation. Because that is clearly a requirement for your girl. So, the moral of the story is... Make sure you are taking do-nothing vacations, um, even if they are not your primary vacation. I like to do excursions. I like to party. I like to do things when I'm on vacation that I'm not able to do at home. Um, but the importance of taking a do-nothing vacation like outweighs everything else. I mean, you come back, you are completely rested. You have given your mind a real opportunity to shut off. Like I didn't, I had, did have to work a little bit when we first got there, but like I didn't turn my computer on. Um, I only talked to my family while I was gone. You know, I just, I came back. My anxiety was probably as close to a zero as it's been in a very long time. I didn't think about the move. I didn't think about work. I didn't think about the other things that I have going on in my life. And it was literally, there were no time frames. I woke up when I wanted. I went to bed when I wanted. I took a nap when I wanted. Um, so I'm just, I, I just want to encourage you from that experience to like, make sure you are taking do nothing vacations. Um, and, and if you don't have the time or the money to take multiple vacations, then make sure you carve out some time in the vacations that you take to be do nothing time. Like, even if it's just one day in a vacation, make sure that you take out a day that you don't plan anything, that you just allow that time and space to be your time and space to just be. Um, we under under underestimate maybe the value in that. And it is valuable. Um, your body needs it. Your mind needs it. The, the, um, the... It is priceless. <laughs> the value, maybe that's what I'm the word I'm looking for. The value in giving your mind and body an opportunity to really recharge and do nothing is invaluable. So I just want to encourage y'all to do that. Um, the other thing I want to talk to y'all about real quick is like independence is a sham. Um, I think there is a very there's a very distinct but fine line between being independent because you want to and being independent because you have to and i think the the biggest sham is when you're independent because you have to because there's no other way right so i um have been 
pretty independent for as long as I can remember. I got my first job. I think I told you this when I was in our very, very, very first episode. So I got my first job at 15, I think, um, or 14. And it was at McDonald's. And you had to be a year older than whatever I was. And so at that point, like birth certificates look completely different. And so um, I forged the date on my birth certificate to make it look like I was born a year earlier so that I could get the job. Get Because I wanted to work. I wanted my own money. I wanted to work. I was trying to convince my mom to let me move out and get my own apartment. And she was like, are you crazy? Like, are you crazy? Um, and it wasn't because my mom and I's relationship was awful because it wasn't. We had a great relationship. I just wanted to be on my own. Like, I was so in a rush to be an adult. And Lord, I, she probably tried to tell me. Um, and I was hard-headed. But, like, being an adult is a sham. But anyway, I was in a rush. Um... So for as long as I can remember, I have always been an independent person. Like I wanted to do things on my own. I wanted to make my own money. I wanted to to make my own way. Um, My mom was much more of a girly girl than me. I was a tomboy. So, um, and I was girly, but I was a tomboy. And so, you know, at home we would, when we would buy things or I would buy things, um, I would typically be the one to put things together um, as I, you know, as I got older after my father passed and it was just me and my mom, I would be the one to put things together. Um, when I got an apartment and moved out, I was the one putting bookshelves together and and moving furniture and, you know, just figuring it out. Like I just figured it out. Um, and in that point I didn't have to be independent. I just was, it was my personality. It was my nature, but you know, my mom had my back. I had friends, I had family that had, um, that, that could show up if I needed them to and when I needed them to. And then, you know, I got pregnant. I had Michael. I became a single parent. And then it became more about being independent because you needed to. I mean, I still had some support. I still had the support, but Michael was my child and my responsibility. And so I took that very, very seriously. Um, but, you know, being a single parent automatically shifts you into a bit of independence because you have to. Um, because you're a single parent, right? And if you, you know, even if you have some support, like that child is your child. And so kind of fast forwarding to like this current experience. So I have been out in Oregon for five days now, four or five days. And I started the move-in process. And so I got my keys to my townhouse, moved in, got the keys. You walk in, it's an empty townhouse. It's great. Like it's bittersweet, obviously great though, from a shopping experience, um, from a shopping perspective, because I got a brand new slate. Like I can move anything I want and put it wherever I want. I got to, I can decorate any way I want. But what that has looked like was me buying and putting together furniture, coffee tables, end tables, moving couches, um, buying bar stools, like you know, I the, the rental that I got while I was here, luckily, was a truck. So I have been, like, moving around and putting things on the truck. But, you know, my body is sore from, from moving things upstairs and things like that. And, and I'm out here. And while I have made friends, I don't have any people out here yet. And so it's still a very independent experience because... And it's a, it's a necessary independent experience because my mom's not here, right? I don't have any of my guy friends here that I can call and be like, hey, can you come help me move some furniture? Um, 
And everything is an independent experience. The the shopping, how I want to decorate. You know, there isn't, of course, there's FaceTime, but it ain't the same as like calling up your girlfriend saying, hey, come with me to Hobby Lobby, which I have been to Hobby Lobby now probably 10 times. I think I know the, the associates by name. Um, but, you know, it's a different experience than like going there and, you know, having your girlfriend and going, di- going to dinner and, and having drinks and then... Um, going shopping and, you know, figuring it all, having to figure it all out from top to bottom is a sham. Um, I think people, people unknowingly glorify that, you know, people, you're so strong, you're so independent, but I don't think people really take into account like how or, or how being strong and independent how heavy of a weight that is or can be, how heavy of a load, you know, being strong and independent can be, um, especially when there's no other way. You know, my my children's, my ex-husband, um, he is by far not a deadbeat. Um, he is involved, um, but he also is not their day-to-day parent, right? And so, you know... I am a single parent as it relates to my children. You know, I am the one making sure they're getting, you know, what they need, a dinner and back and forth to work and back and forth to practices and, and things like that. Like they are my responsibility. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't shy away from that. Those are my babies. Y'all know I love my babies. So this is not about that. But, you know, people often compliment, you know, how strong and how good of a mom and how, you know, how, how well you do things, um, and like that is it is challenging. It is challenging and I will be the first to say if I had a choice I would not have to be this independent. Um I definitely think that there is value in a healthy codependency. Now, you know, having said that, I don't want to um you know, I don't want to be so dependent on somebody else that I can't make decisions for myself or I can't put the bookshelf together because there's nobody here to do it for me. But I definitely think there is health. There is a healthy partnership that can exist between people that is necessary. Um, and so, you know, while I am go- committed to finding people that can be my people out here, like I also just want to take the time to encourage you to if you don't have healthy codependent relationships to develop those with people because being independent is hard being independent all the time because you don't have a choice is hard um there's nothing glorious about it and i think we just and you know initially i was like well they are always like black women are so strong and we are and we endure a lot and we are not only strong because of the things we're enduring but we're holding up the black man and we are having to pour into our black children and we're having to do you know these other things that maybe some other races don't have to do and so i am not ignoring that at all because that is absolutely a fact however just being independent by itself is hard. Um, it's hard. It's necessary sometimes. And sometimes you don't have a choice. But being independent because there is no other way is not an easy task at all. Um, and I am looking forward to the time in my life where I am able to have a healthy codependent relationship 
um, where I don't have to be misindependent all the time. I mean, there's even a song about it. Um, and don't get it twisted. Like, don't misunderstand. I like having my own stuff, my own money. I like making my own money. I have always said, even if I was rich, I would still work. Um, now, obviously, I'm going to be doing a different kind of work, and I am not going to be in Oregon doing it. So that's a different that's a different conversation. But even if I was rich, I would still want to work and do my own, make my own way. Um, however, there is value in healthy codependency. And so I encourage you to find those relationships with people. Um, and they don't have to be romantic relationships, but find healthy codependent relationships that you can pour into and that people can pour into you. And so you don't have to be strong and independent all the time. Um, because chances are you might, if you are strong and independent all the time, you're the friend that doesn't get checked on. You know, you're the friend that does the checking on. You're the friend that, you know, shows up for other people while maybe people aren't showing up for you in the same manner. And so, you know, it sucks to have to be the strong friend all the time and it's not easy. So I just encourage you to, um, to, to take do nothing relate, uh, take do nothing vacations and develop strong, healthy, codependent relationships and friendships so that you do not have to be independent all the time because that is a heavy, heavy, heavy weight. Um, it's a heavy weight. All right, y'all take care. We'll talk soon. Hey y'all, welcome back to season two of Yeah But Are You Listening? I'm Ovi and I'm glad you've tuned into this journey. I've created this space to push you to be authentic, to be transparent, and to do it scared. Let's get to it.